guest today is Ken O'Connor. Yes, it Welcome, is. Welcome, Ken. Thank you. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're both very excited to talk to you. Your work has been at the root of our beliefs for a long time, and it's really exciting to be able to ask you questions. So you're here at the Aurora Institute, and I think I heard this was your first time. It is, yes. Well, what have you thought of it so far? I, I, I think it's a, a very interesting event, <laughs> very well run. Um, and it's great to see so many people that uh, I had no idea that it was so big. Yeah. <laughs> it's really kind of warmly validating when you see so, ma so many people that think yeah. similarly. It's really very nice. And, and I, I really enjoyed uh, the lunchtime keynote. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I found what he said both interesting and inspiring and I think validating. So can you talk a lot about grading and reporting, communicating how learners are doing? So I'm wondering how your perspective has changed in the course of your work. Interesting question. Uh, I mean, I've been focused on it. My, the first article I wrote was published in May of 95, right. which is a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and I think in then I was much more focused on the mechanics. Okay. The, this is what you should do. And I think over the years, I've become much more focused on the why and the bigger picture that we're doing this not just so that grades are accurate, but so we create a culture of learning in our schools. So what have you found to be more of your focus of what you're writing about or thinking about? Um, is it just that, the bigger why, or is there, are there any particular aspects that you're working with? Uh, I, I think it's really trying to fit the why more into every every aspect of it and and finding the the pieces the thoughts the the good thinkers that that you know say things that that support that and so in a sense building the case yeah so what do you think are the most compelling reasons for examining grading practices the the most compelling reason is that what we've done traditionally is horrible, it's broken, it's not good for students, it's not good for learning. I would agree. <laughs> so what, what are the essential components of, of standards-based grading? The essential components of standards-based grading are that the, what we base our grades on, the standards, are the learning goals, not the methods of assessment, not the activities which I'll admit is what I did when I was in the classroom. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, the second essential, I think, is that we base the, the quality aspect, the performance standards, on levels of proficiency, not points and percentages. I think one of the things that's absolutely critical is that we eliminate the use of percentages. And I think the third thing I would see as absolutely critical is that we separate achievement from behavior, that grades are only about achievement. Obviously we have a lot of behaviors that we value, but we should report them separately. My mother was a district administrator. Education was kind of in my genes, right? And we both shared your book, How to Grade for Learning. It was, and she would often, we'd often get into, into discussions about how do we bring this to the staff? How do we encourage it? And so a question I have for you is, like, what are the enabling conditions to have those kinds of grading conversations to get at exactly what you're saying about the separateness, getting rid of percentages? I, I think either 
the the school, the teachers, have to have some dissatisfaction mm -hmm. with what they're doing or what they've been doing traditionally, or you have to present the case as mm -hmm. to why traditional grading is broken. Yeah. And I mean, the way I basically do that is I s suggest that there are four conditions of quality for grades. Okay. They have to be accurate, they have to be consistent, they have to be meaningful, and they, have to, they should be supportive of learning. And our traditional pra grading practices don't meet any of those standards. Yeah. So one of the questions I have is trying to talk to teachers about this sort of thing, and they, they can follow a little bit sometimes if it's presented correctly, but how do we engage the larger community when they see that my kids aren't being graded zero to 100 anymore, and that's what I always grew up with. How do we convince the rest of the community that this also works when uh, away from, like apart from just those pillars that you just talked about, I guess? Well, I mean, I think that the key is in all the possible ways that a school or a district can communicate, they need to focus very clearly on the why. Uh, and I think that starts with the school or the district's mission or vision statement because that's what we say we're about and then I think if we can relate the district or school mission vision statement to why we're changing and why why what we're going to do you know not have points and percentages or whatever why that fits with the mission and vision statement and I suppose the other thing that I would emphasize is why it's better for the students that we have in our schools today who are entering a world that is completely different than their parents' world and, and our world. It seems to me it's clearly folly to keep doing what we've always done when we are hopefully preparing students well for the world beyond school and the world beyond school is different. One of the things that Courtney and I talked about in our, in our past about grading and you, you talked about levels of performance and levels of proficiency rather than yeah. points and percentages. Yeah. So we eventually got to a point where we said no grades, but we just have a reflection of, of what kids know. What do you, th what do you think about that? I, I mean, I think if, we, if you can sell it, I think it's wonderful. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, ha I mean, I have no difficulty with that because, I mean, one of the things I find myself saying increasingly is we have to maximize our use of words and minimize our use of symbols because right. words have real meaning. Symbols only have symbolic meaning. And so I think, you know, the more we do um, descriptive feedback, the more we do narrative, the better. And you know, there is a, a fair, I, it's hard to know actual numbers, but a fairly significant group of teachers who call themselves teachers going gradeless. Right. You know, yep. They have a Twitter chat, they have a Facebook group. What they do is on all assessments, regardless of you know, formative, summative, they simply do descriptive feedback. And they call themselves going gradeless. In my terminology, they're going scoreless because they still, <laughs> yep. virtually all of them, in schools or districts where ultimately they, however many times a year the, the school does a report card, they have to have a grade. Right. And so they determine those grades by conferencing with the, the students. And I, I see that as a, as a good way to go. I mean, I will admit that, and, and maybe that's the way we should be advocating for everybody, but I see change as being in, in you know it's difficult to get change from here you know a long way quickly that 
we have got our traditional grading. We may have X number of years down the line where we'd, we'd, you know, we'd like to eliminate grades and do all sorts of other things. But I think we have to move from... Yeah, you can't make those changes in a short periods of time. Right. Right. I mean, we've got lots of evidence where places have tried to do that and it's been a disaster. Yep. So that I guess the, the case that I'm trying to make is let's at the very least move away from traditional grading to standards-based and maybe once we've done that for a while and we've got people talking about how kids are doing in standards, talking about levels of proficiency, which really are about words, not numbers, right. then that probably opens the possibilities for taking those next steps without the being people being really upset or revolting. Right, it sounds like it could be more of an organic shift that just happens yeah. because it makes because people get it and it makes sense to them. Yeah. A number of years ago, I was at a conference and one of the speakers was Alfie Cohn. Mm-hmm. And in his presentation, he said that he thought that saying we're grading for learning is like saying we're bombing for peace. And you know, in, in, in one sense, I agree with him. But uh, I really do believe that when we move from traditional to standards-based, we are doing things that are supportive of learning. So I think, you know, he, would, he of course, would eliminate grades and uh, completely. And, you know, there are there are elementary schools, there are middle schools, there are high schools, there are colleges that don't have grades, but they're probably, what, 0.5% of all the educational right. institutions? Yeah, and so I guess where I'm coming from is that I think for the foreseeable future in most places, especially at the high school level, we are going to have grades, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And so my position is, okay, if we have to have them, and let's educate people maybe to move away from them. But if we have to have them, we should be making them better. That's really, I guess, where I would say I'm coming from. Thank you so much for coming by and talking with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Okay.